You got it. It's a very, very capital efficient platform, right? Because most of the people contributing are actually doing so in exchange for tokens, right? If you're going to build a user-owned network, like get your users involved early. And so it's a it's a very, very low burn operation. That's why it's already profitable on the, the six million we raised two years ago. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Adam Jackson. He's a software engineer turned tech entrepreneur and investor who started four VC-backed companies and an asset management company over the last 16 years. He's looking to create open, equitable marketplaces that use customer-focused technology to boost collaboration between users without the cost and friction of conventional channels. Adam, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. So make all that sort of real for us. Explain how customers are using Braintrust. Sure. So Braintrust is a global talent network that connects high-end experienced tech people like engineers, designers, product managers with Fortune 1000 U.S. companies that desperately need this kind of talent and just can't hire them in-house. And especially now with COVID where everyone's office is shut down and hiring is even harder, uh, Braintrust is especially filling this hole for enterprise companies that need to keep digital innovation moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I think of that, and I'm, I'm just learning about you obviously right now, but I think about you know sites like TopTal or, or sort of better versions of Fiverr or Upwork for more top tier talent. What are you doing different than TopTal? Yeah, so so getting matching talent and clients is not a new thing. What we're doing from a business model perspective is brand new, never been done. So the old model is when you run, when you run a two sided marketplace, your job is to create a trusted transaction or place to transact, and then take as much of that transaction in the form of a fee as you can, right? And those fees could be 20, 25%. It could be all the way up to 50 plus percent in in talent marketplaces. That's where Brain Trust gets very unique. We charge a flat 0% fee to the talent side. So talent can come in, set their market rate, and earn 100% of that rate, and then a flat 10% fee to the clients. And so what this does is it's not going to – we're not trying to disrupt Upwork or Fiverr. Those are sites where you get a logo or a website. We're looking to build large – you know, and facilitate building large software platforms, big, big projects, multimillion-dollar projects that could never touch a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me just let me try and break that down. Is Brain Trust exclusive for development talent or any kind of talent? It, it, today, it's just for product development talent. So we have engineers, UX designers, product managers, those kinds of people. 
Okay. And so let's say a product manager that just got laid off from Airbnb in San Francisco wants to find work. They're now remote only. They list on Braintrust. What, what might they list as their price? Yeah, we actually have people who've been laid off from Airbnb and Uber and various other tech companies here in the Bay Area that have come on, created brain trust profiles, and then they can list whatever they they feel like they want for for a market rate. I mean, most people's market rates are between, you know, in the, in the U.S., it's going to be more expensive between one and two hundred dollars an hour. In other places around the world, it'll be cheaper than that. Okay, but that's what I was it's an hourly rate. It's not like a salary or a monthly retainer. It's an hourly rate. We start with hourly rates, but a lot of companies will come in to Brain Trust and say, look, we're going to want 10 data engineers, we're going to want five UX designers, and we're going to want them for indefinitely. So they'll, they'll go ahead and contract a monthly rate at that point. I see. Can, okay. So let's say her name is Sarah. She's an ex-Airbnb product manager, lists at 200 bucks an hour. Pepsi has a new project that's software-oriented. They hire Sarah on their platform. They use her for 100 hours at 100 bucks an hour. They now want to move to a full-time contract with her. What does that look like? Can, can, can Pepsi or Coke pull Sarah off your platform, essentially? They can. Because in a lot of platforms, will charge you steep penalties for pulling people off the platform. We don't care. The reason we charge very low fees and no penalties for leaving is because we're actually owned by our users. So it's not just me and a couple investors. Our users actually own the network. So we're fine if people get plucked off. So let's talk about that, right? So there's a bit, I believe, of sort of a blockchain like thesis here, right? Which is, look, I used to interview. In fact, I had the shop and founder on right after I did an ICO and I grilled the hell out of him. And my question I learned to always ask anyone doing an ICO is, what percent of the ICO did you convert to fiat after the ICO closed? Yeah. And if they said anything greater than 20%, the fraud things are going off in my head. Sure enough, shopping it when the number was 80%. And two days later, the SEC is coming down with two counts of fraud and he's in jail, right? So th- because they would sell the utility value of their token and then convert it to fiat makes no sense. So walk me through how you see sort of the B-Trust token working from a utility and marketplace value perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of lot to unpack there. You know, we we never have and never will sell tokens to the public. There's no reason to do that. Um, the way our token works, and I'll start by saying um, it is not a payment layer. All the jobs done when your friend joins from Airbnb and, and does contracts with Pepsi, that's all done in cash. OK, we don't need okay. another payment layer right now. Um our token, the Braintrust token, is used as an incentive mechanism. So we use it to reward people for building our network. What does that mean? That could mean actually coding and building the software for Braintrust. But more, more likely, it's inviting new talent, v- helping vet that talent. We have a peer-to-peer vetting system. So it's not just us vetting everybody mm-hmm. and inviting clients. So we, we, we've raised a modest seed round. We're not, you know, most companies go raise hundreds of millions of dollars and they build out giant sales and marketing and product teams. How much did you raise? Money. We've raised six million so far. Okay. And so we, we actually, instead of hiring all those people in-house, we have our network do it for us, refer clients, refer talent, all those things. And we give them our token in exchange for that. And so our token is used as an incentive mechanism. Now, they won't do that unless they sense inherent future value of the token. So you have to sell the story. Sell me. What's the story? So here's the story. So, so let me back out to the real premise that makes us unique and different here. We, my co-founder and I, Gabe, we firmly believe that user-owned and controlled networks will grow faster and be more valuable 
than founder and investor owned networks. Okay, so very different ownership paradigm here. And so how do you allow 10 million people in 50 countries to own and control a network, vote on the rules and all that stuff. Well, you just can't do it with shares of a Delaware C. It's, it's physically impossible, right? It's, it's logistically impossible. So we, instead of shares of stock, we use tokens. And these tokens are given out in proportion to, to given out to people in proportion to the value they drive, inviting people, vetting people, bringing clients on. And the usefulness of that token is voting control of the network. Okay, so so right now the fee, the, the fee schedule is really simple: zero percent charge to talent, ten percent charge to clients. You know, people say like, well, why would why do people care about voting on network rules, right? It's like, well, I'll give you an example. Like, you remember last year when DoorDash rolled out this new feature where you can tip your Dasher cash after the delivery? Well, then so they re- they roll it for a year. DoorDash Inc. decides to book all those tips as revenue and basically steal the money, right? If, if DoorDash had been run like Brain Trust, where it was a user-owned and operated network and rules had to be approved by the users first, they couldn't. That money could have never been stolen. Mm-hmm. So that's the incentive to get our token and have influence over this platform you make a living on. So just to be clear, it's it's not Bitcoin in the sense of a payment layer, but it is a contract sort of token, ERC twenty token built on the Ethereum blockchain. It's an ERC twenty token built on the Ethereum blockchain. Exactly okay. right. Roger that. So, so you have to decide how many tokens there are at the beginning for people to compete for. And there has to be limited supply. Otherwise, if anyone can get them at any time, there's no value to them. So how many tokens did you start with? We're going we're gonna to start with an initial, initial supply of 250 million tokens. We can never print it anymore. Okay. And, and just quickly, this is an aside, from a regulatory perspective, how do you actually like set that limit? What do you do to like register that or, or, or get it going? Yeah, yeah. So this is just built into the smart contract, right? When you write your smart contract in Solidity and then and compile it and run it on Ethereum, you, one of the inputs is how many tokens are are there ever allowed be, to be in existence. Once that contract is pushed to the blockchain, there there's no changing it unless uh, pe- people decided to start over and we you know we started from scratch on a different network. But that is that's locked into the blockchain. And that's what gives the token scarcity, right? That means I can't change my mind later and, and dilute everybody and dilute our members and that kind of thing. That's where the blockchain comes in, right? You you just can't rewrite that. It's immutable. And that that's why this is a new business model that couldn't have been done before blockchain tech. This is what EOS was trying to do to do with 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 their DApps idea, the kind of the decentralized application. They're trying to launch their own Facebook, where every time you know a user uploads their own comment or a picture, a selfie, they get a little bit of like the new Facebook sort of token, so that Zuckerberg can't steal your data and sell to advertisers. So I think I definitely like get that, but like let's keep just like digging here for a second, right? So on the day when you start, when you when you have these 250 million tokens to issue on day one, how do you decide how they get split up, or do they sit like in a vault somewhere and no one owns any and and you start slowly doing them out. Yeah, great, great question. So, um, so, so even today, before the live token is actually on the blockchain, we're still on testnet today. We've we actually have thousands of people working toward earning credits that will convert into our token, right? So we just keep track of them in a database. But these are people that are developers, designers, building the you know marketers, people making introductions to, to clients. They're all earning credits that will convert into this token when we launch next year. Uh, so, so when we launch, a big portion of the tokens will already have been spoken for and will be distributed to these folks that have been helping us for two years now. The rest that, that have been unallocated will sit in treasury. And that's exact. it's basically what you just described. It's this wallet that 
nobody can touch, that only the smart contract can give out to people who, who help build the network. And we basically distribute those tokens as bonuses for people who refer business. So Nathan, if you re refer Microsoft to Braintrust and you use your unique code and Microsoft, that product manager signs up at Microsoft and, um, and starts, Microsoft starts paying invoices, our protocol is gonna reward you some percentage of that invoice as a bonus in perpetuity. For as long as Microsoft transacts, you're gonna get that bonus every month paid in token by our smart contracts. Mm -hmm. Who controls, um, let's say someone brings in Microsoft who ends up over the next 10 years paying $10 million through brain trust. Who controls the multiple you're applying to the 10 million in fiat as it relates to the value of a new B trust token is, are you rewarding 0.1% of 10 million and 0.1, you know, and that fiat is the conversion to the B trust token. Like how, because whoever controls that ratio really actually controls the dilutive network of the token issuance, right? Exactly right. So, so what, what you're getting at here is if, if we're giving, let's say 1% of, of all uh, transactions on, on the person you referred, let's say 1% belongs yep. to you, the person who referred that 1% that comes in as cash because Microsoft's paying its bills in US dollars. And so let's just say for round numbers, it's a $10,000 bonus that you're owed. The, the, the protocol will actually buy $10,000 worth of brain trust token on the open market and send it to you in the form of token. Now, I so, see. so then it so it doesn't matter what the price of B trust is, right? It's the market determines that, right? So you may get a lot of B trust or a few B trust, but you're always going to get a, a reward denominated in U.S. dollars. So what's market. the day one market cap of the company? Is it the last round valuation you raised your fiat on the VC round? Like who comes up with that? Because that that is ultimately what sets the benchmark. Ultimately, and 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 the market will ultimately decide what that day one price is. The the money we raised last year in 2018, we raised six million dollars. It's it's on a convertible instrument, so it hasn't been priced yet. What's the cap? Um, the cap is um, uh, 33 cents per token, and and so times 250 million, so about an 83 million dollar network cap. Is that the cap on the note you raised? The six million note you raised. That's correct. Holy crap. You did a capped, you did an 80, a, a note, $6 million note with an 80 million cap on it. That's the largest cap I've ever heard on a note. And you know, the reason for that is because you can never be diluted, right? So this is, you know, this is a, a fixed supply of tokens that can never, we can never print any more of them. So crypt, you know, crypto investors are like, well, like if this, you know, this labor marketplace is going to enable this whole new set of transactions that could never touch a traditional high fee marketplace, you know, like maybe that's interesting, right? So the, the, it's, a, it's an interesting valuation metric used in crypto networks. How the hell did you convince, I assume this was True Ventures, did True Ventures lead? Uh, we actually, my, my own firm led the initial round. Uh, okay. I, I helped start a firm called Cambrian. And so we, this, this project was spun out of Cambrian. Uh, it, it was a token economic paper looking for a category. And so, uh, yeah, so we set the initial terms. Got it. Okay. So it makes it a little easier to set the terms if it's essentially coming from your own firm. And, and to be clear also, if you ask any VC about FinVenture Capital's valuations, they will tell you FinVenture does very little in terms of getting um, appropriate valuations. They have very little sensitivity to valuations. They'll give you whatever sort of value you want. So they're, you're really betting on a vision here, obviously. The cap is what sets the initial price when you do bring the token to market. And, and that, so 
I'm just trying to think one of the one of the one of the downsides to a lot of the ICOs was people would say there's a lot of old white males who are already rich VCs that are essentially buying the token to artificially inflate the price or sometimes it was the company that had already raised VC dollars using their own money to buy it on ICO data drive supply demand. So, I mean, is that a good or bad thing and do you plan to do any of that? Well, so, I mean, to be really clear, we'll never do an ICO, right? We're never going to sell tokens to the public. We, the only way you can get our token is to earn it, is oh, to I help see, us see. build the network, right? Okay. So, so we, we, we did raise uh, $6 million from accredited, you know, from VCs like, like you normally would. Um, we, we're working on another round right now. We're just kicking it off where we'll raise from some more VCs, uh, not a ton of money, by the way, because the project's actually profitable already. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once the, public, the network publicly launches, uh, we'll, we will allow tokens to be withdrawn, and then it's up to the secondary markets to be created. We, we, we're we not an exchange. We're not going to f- facilitate buying and selling of our own token. It'll be on the, the exchanges to, to pick those up and create li- secondary liquidity if they so choose. What's the VC investing in, though, if you're essentially arguing that the network owns the equity value of the business? I mean, this is where I think I love the idea of the network owning the business, but this is where it starts to turn gray for me is what is the value of the company that you're creating? How do you pay your developers to build the system in the first place? Yeah, so let, let me let me zoom out to, to try to answer this question because it is a new and weird thing. Yeah. Trust me, like you're not the only one to be like, wait a minute, you know. Yeah. Uh, brain, so I use the, the analogy of Ethereum. Ethereum is, is what's called a public good, right? It, it's this thing that's out there that no one person owns. It's completely decentralized. A lot of people own it. And what it does is it creates this whole new platform for smart contracts to exist and operate and be secure and be immutable. And that makes the world a better place. There's tons of people making money on Ethereum because Ethereum was generated you know, by people that wanted a, a public good to be there. And so you, know, you look at DeFi, there's tens of billions of dollars in DeFi right now. So Braintrust is similar. We are building, I, I have a small for-profit company called Freelance Labs that, and I'm just one of dozens of companies building brain trust as a public good because all of our businesses collectively will be better when brain trust exists and is out there in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't launched this sort of model yet today. Is there a leaderboard I can go see somewhere to see who of the network has earned the most credit so far? Yeah, good question. We, we haven't published a public leaderboard yet, but it is on the roadmap. For so sure. you will, you will make a public leaderboard. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is I have an email list. Is it worth it for me to email my email list about brain trust? And it comes down to, well, how many tokens do I think I can earn? And what's the value of the token going to be when, 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 you know, you finally launch it? And do I believe in you and your vision and this idea? 100%. So what we'll do, so we haven't publicly rolled this out yet, but we have what's called a connector program. That's the thing that pays out that percentage basis of everything you refer and it, I mean, it's like an affiliate program on steroids. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, it, and and so once we open it up to the public today, it's still it's still invite only. Once we open it to the public, you could sign up. Any one of your viewers could sign up, get your unique code, and then go send it anywhere you want. And anyone that signs up through that code is going to get permanent attribution to that. And you have probably different weights for if they sign up a company versus a talent. This is the cool part. Okay, so today it's all just one. Per, it, it's you actually get no percentage for 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 referring talent because we have a lot of talent. You yep. get one percent refer, referring clients, but all two sided marketplaces eventually become that you're either resource, you're either supply constrained or you're demand constrained, and that may change every day, right? I mean, Uber has always been driver constrained. My last company, Doctor on Demand, 
was doctor constrained or was patient constrained until recently. Now we're doctor constrained, right? But it always goes back and forth. And so the algorithm built into our brain trust protocol is actually going to change the referral reward based on what we need more of. So let's surge, say surge, surge pricing or reverse. Exactly right. It's a reverse. So let's say I'll give an example. So Porsche, the car company is one of our big customers on brain trust. Let's say they've got a big machine learning contract coming down the pipe and they know they're going to need 10 TensorFlow engineers. That's a type of machine learning engineer. And BrainTrust only has five. Well, so the software will actually see that job coming down the pike and say, okay, we're going to start with a 0.5% referral bonus for machine learning, TensorFlow. Okay, it's got two days have gone by. All right, let's kick it up, 0.75. All right, you know, and, and so the software will keep ratcheting up the reward until the roles get filled. What's awesome about that is instead of, you know, the, 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 the value of the network is then given programmatically to whoever helped us build it. Right. Like not some employer, not some, you know, stooge uh, VC, you know, sitting back uh, collecting all the value. Right. It's the most fair way to build a two sided marketplace. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly? And why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45 day money back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Most smart business people say, if I could just get the right incentive plans in the right place, everything will be good. This token idea allows you to align incentives almost perfectly with the value the tool adds to the world. But here's the thing. If the if the bigger the reward, the, the more incentive there is to game it. Right. You become a honeypot in, in term, in security terms. Right. So I, if you increase the reward to get these ML engineers, I'm going to go figure out a way to get my grandma to set up a new Gmail account. And she's going to, I'm going to make her look like she's Harvard grad who knows CS. I'm going to get her to sign up so I can earn the reward. So how do you make sure that stuff doesn't start to happen? Well, your grandma better be good at TensorFlow. <laughs> it's the only way you're going to get paid for her is if she gets paid invoices. Right? I see. So, so it's, it's cash in, cash out, right? It's, it's, it's once your referral starts actually getting paid invoices, that 10% fee we collect, I mentioned earlier, we collect it from the client. Part of that 10% fee goes to pay the VIG out to the people who referred. I value add about what's VIG? VIG, oh, VIG is just a term for, uh, for, uh, like a cut, right? You oh, I see. Cut. I yeah, see. Yeah. Okay, real quick. So getting off the crypto stuff for a second, let's talk about economics today. You started the company in what year? Uh, we started this in it was summer of 2018. 2018. Okay. And how many, I mean, what's your key KPI? Is it number of products to the platform or how much GMV through the platform to date? Yeah. So uh, G GSV, we, we call it gross service value, just same as GMV. G GSV is our main KPI. Uh, we will do something around 2 million bucks this year in 2020 of GSV. And what does that convert to in terms of like total number of projects or total number of clients paying for that 2 million? Yeah. Um, today we're at about probably two dozen active transacting clients. It'll be 60, 70 by the end of the year. Uh, we've done, I think we have 200 or so active projects on the platform right now and it's ramping. It's growing about 30% month over month right now. 
That's interesting. And what do you define of actively transacting at least a dollar through the platform in 30 days or what? Yeah. I mean, the the smallest job we've ever done is probably 10 grand. The average job size around 55,000. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah, active means you're, you you paid an invoice this month. Got it. And 29, so 2 million this year, 2019, what'd you do? Uh, almost nothing. We were building most of 2019. Okay. Got it. Yeah, got we it. just started this. We just, we just came at, we got into private beta in Jan, 2020. Let me funny story. Do nice month in January, nice month in February, March, we see every the lockdown hits. We see everybody hit the brakes at the same time. We're like, oh shit, like we're yeah. done. I mean, we're out. And then May, uh, April sucked down fifty five percent. May was awful. And then in June, we we started having clients pick up the phone and say, well, look, uh, I mean, our stocks didn't go to zero like we thought they might in March, and like the world didn't explode. And now, and now the Fed is buying our ETFs, so we have, and now we have cheap debt capital too. Well, and they're like, well, look, and we, we got us, we still got to build these damn software projects, but now we're three months behind. So we yeah. saw this flood of new projects come onto the platform. Uh, and then we, so we came out of stealth and they had some nice press last month and that, you know, made the flywheel turn even more. So it's, it's sort of a hyper growth mode now. Before sort of the 55% drop, uh, or actually maybe not even up till today, how much GSV through the platform so far this year? Uh, this year we're at like around, around three quarter million. Okay, so seven fifty, and so can I? I mean, can I just multiply times ten percent? You guys have made about seventy five grand. Yeah, that's the take on the platform. Exactly. Interesting, interesting. So you'll still take that take once you launch the B Trust token, and that's how you'll feel like your engineer salaries to keep building the platform. You got it. It's a very, very capital efficient platform, right? Because most of the people contributing are actually doing so in exchange for tokens. Right. If you're going to build a user owned network, like get your users involved early. And so it's a it's a very, very low burn operation. That's why it's already profitable on the, the six million we raised two years ago. Yeah, that's yeah, so, okay. So you raised that six million, been building it for two years. Have you gone through how much of that six million is still in the bank? Or have you invested most of it? Yeah, we have about three point two left. Oh, wow. I mean, okay, that's that's plenty. Uh, but you're OK. So you're profitable. What are you saving the money for? Uh, oh, it, mostly onboarding, right? So, so if you're going to bring Nestle or Porsche or even NASA, we we just signed a couple months ago. Th- these guys don't self serve, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you need operations people to bring. You got to get through procurement, legal. So it's mo- we only have eight full time employees, mind you. Oh, wow. most, okay. Yeah, most of the work being done is but is being done by engineers and designers and people on the platform. Even our all our marketing is done by freelancers on the platform. Um, but it's so, so like our OPEX internally, it's, it's mostly ops operations. Yeah. Like what are your total expenses right now per month in cash, not in like the conversion to be trust tokens, just cash yep. fiat. Yeah. We burn about 85,000 a month right now. 80. Okay. Wow. Okay. So wait, so how are you profitable today? If your total revenue this year has been no, 75 no, grand, we'll, we'll be profitable on the seed round. So we'll, our burn will become zero. We'll, we'll generate cash probably March, April of next year. Oh, I see. So you're still burning today, but before you run out of the three and a half, I see, I see, I see, I see. Okay. So what you're, you're burning through what about 60, 70 grand a month right now, net burn about 85 net burn 85. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, interesting. So let me ask you this. Why haven't you been able to convince your developers to save you cash to earn B trust token or credit instead of getting paid by your fiat round, you you know, your round money. Some of them do. Some of them don't. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's a funny like and you know look look you can't use uh fake internet tokens to pay rent and buy food right this so true. we don't expect people to take full salary in this 
half of the core team doesn't take any salary at all. They're just doing, I mean, I'm doing it because it's my passion project, but others are doing it. Some people are doing it for all tokens. Some people are doing it for a mix. It's not my place to judge. Like, you know, people need real money and that's, yep. that's why you raise money. How many engineers on the eight? None. I'm the oh, only, uh, I'm the only technical person. So I'm the chief architect of the, of the token and the platform. All of our engineers and product managers and designers are freelancers on brain trust. Oh, fascinating. So see, See, I think entrepreneurs like you and over the next 10 years, I think, is, first of all, I, I love this idea. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to be devil's advocate and like poke at it as hard as I possibly can. But I haven't found like many weaknesses, obviously. But I mean, your your ability, I mean, really what this comes down to, it's your ability to sell the vision. It's the it's what people are going to fight for these tokens today because of the value they think it will have 10 years from now. And you're and it's going to really come down to your ability to sell that. Yeah, I mean, look, the people people are are earning credits toward this token that doesn't exist yet because they love the idea of calling the shots, of being mm-hmm. in control of the marketplace that they rely on to make a living, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen how the, this plays out. This plays out negatively in the gig economy. We're seeing it already, right? Like yeah. the gig economy. All the gig economy did was effectively lower the minimum wage from twelve bucks to five bucks. That's that's Georgetown did a study on that. It. It made, you know, the Uber IPO, $85 billion IPO. It made five guys here in San Francisco even richer, right? Deca billionaires. Meanwhile, a third of all Uber drivers live at or below the poverty line. Some of them live in the cars they use to deliver the service, right? They saw none of that value. They have no say over the rules. When surge pricing happens, Uber Inc. keeps it. When DoorDash keeps the tips, they have not. So we're building a new paradigm here to give that control back to the users, to give that value the middleman steals, Give it back to the users. Mm-hmm. And and just quickly to touch on Uber, because it's just in the news and it's popular and everyone knows it. You would you could argue, I mean, what do you think Uber spent on building the technology over, over you know, seven, eight years? I mean, look, ten, uh, let's, be, let's be fair. Ten years ago, a, a location-aware mobile app on a crappy iPhone 4, that was hard to do for sure, right? I was a mobile developer back then. Look, they maybe 10 years ago they could they spent 10 million bucks on it. Today, me and you could, you know, get a case of Red Bull and do it in a weekend. Yeah. You know, te- tech tech is trivial now, right? It really is, right? Like mm-hmm. it, the value of a network is its people. Where are the where are the drivers? Where are the riders? Right? That's the if we were to steal Uber's database, that's the value. Uber app, we can knock that off in a weekend. Adam, put your evil hat on for a second. I just realized we're way over time, but I've lost myself because I'm just intrigued. Um, there, there. Put your evil hat on, okay? If you wanted to consolidate power in this new model where the network owns the token, I'm trying to think of how, how would you do that? As the guy that owns what, you own 60, 70, 80% of the company on the, on the equity side? Oh, no. For, first of all, there is no equity. It's only token, right? We, but like, what did the investors have- invest in? They bought they bought tokens. They bought something that will convert into tokens called a SAFT. Okay, I don't understand that. Explain to me how that works. So 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 convertible note converts into equity, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. So, or a safe. You've heard of the the yes, safe from yeah, IC, yeah. right? A simple agreement for future equity. A SAFT is a simple agreement for future tokens. Same thing. It's except instead of you you take out the equity and you put in the tokens. And so there's no equity cap table. There's only a, a token cap table. And so um, uh, and so that's what the founders have. That's what the investors will have. And that's what all the users have. We're giving, it'll be something like 60% plus or minus of those token that of the total token supply. We're giving them to the users through that referral engine, mostly that I described earlier. 
my, the founders and I, we, we have, it's sub, I think it's sub 15%, my, my co-founder and I. Mm-hmm. Um, the SAFT was done on an $85 million cap, correct? 83. Yeah. 83, sorry. If the value of the network is not, it doesn't hit that cap, right? On launch day when you issue the token, those investors end up with the majority of the tokens and we're back to square one. No, no, no. Good question. So they'll convert at a price and then the price will tank, right? So they'll own the same number of tokens. They'll just not be worth very much. It's a good, it's a good point. I guess what I'm trying to get at is what is the value the day you decide to issue the token? It will be, it will have to be determined by the market that day, right? But like, you're going like, to have 6 million, basically you've already raised pumped into that already. So yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's it's a little tricky and there's not a lot of great examples you can point to, but it, it will, on the day we publicly launch the token, people will withdraw it, secondary markets will be created and the market will decide the price. I don't know if you follow the compound protocol on DeFi at all. Does that ring a bell? I don't, okay. I don't. They, they just went through this exact, pro- and it's it can get rocky. Crypto's all about- What's it called? Compound what? Compound finance. So they're the biggest protocol in DeFi, which is uh, means decentralized finance. And they have a token called the comp token. Our token has a lot of similarities with that comp token. Hmm, interesting. Even though they're a bank and we're a labor network. I mean, Adam, is this one of the reasons you're waiting to launch the token is you need to have more products going through the system so that you make sure it is valuable that you issue the token. Otherwise, this whole thing tanks. Absolutely. The the reason we're taking our time will be it will be three years old by the time this thing publicly launches ish. Mm-hmm. Um, what the most important thing is that the the network can sustain itself by by its own users, right? So I can't be in the middle anymore. Our team can't be pulling all the strings and, and calling all the shots. It has to be a a real decentralized network where people care about what happens to it and are taking care of. The, the network itself. And so we're like two thirds the way there, but, but, you know, it, we've got some more work to go before this is a real self-sustaining thing. Just look at Ethereum, right? Nobody yeah. owns Ethereum. I mean, Vitalik yeah. is, is sort of the brainchild, but like he could go away and Ethereum is just fine, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of parties involved there. We're following the same path. Yep. What, are there any other weaknesses I haven't asked about? <laughs> um, look, you People like I think it's what I said earlier. Like people have to care about what happens to Brain Trust. Other, other like people have to want this token because it represents control. And and if it and if they don't want it and they don't use Brain Trust, the thing goes to zero, right? I mean, it's as simple as that. It's like any other marketplace, right? Do, tokens don't matter. If a marketplace doesn't have users and GMV, then it just doesn't matter and it goes to zero. That's mm-hmm. the same existential risk we have. How many people, just unique people right now, own some portion of a credit for when this does go public? Around 1,200 or so. Okay. I mean, so, and most of them, because you only, you said big earlier, they only get those credit things once a company actually pays for a part piece of talent. So you have more people with credits than you have jobs completed, I believe. So how did that happen? Can three people get credit for the same referral? Uh, no. So the way it happened is you can get credits, uh, credit sort tokens. I'll just say tokens. You can get tokens for other things. So let's say you um, help us fill out a proposal for NASA, right? That's a real thing. Like you got to these, these kind of like big government proposals. We'll give you tokens for helping us oh, do see. that, right? That's real work. What if you like 
uh, said something nice about us on Twitter. We just launched a podcast uh, Monday called uh, The Way Work Should Work. And uh, we get, you know, people promoted us on Twitter and we gave them tokens for that. Yep. Okay, got it. And you are setting the value right now. You just have to arbitrarily do it because there isn't a market yet. You're sort of setting the value of what that credit is for now. We're not even saying what it's worth right now. We're, we, we can't. We don't know. It hasn't been set by the market. We, it literally has no value right now. We're just saying it's useful. It's going to be useful in the future because one token equals one vote on our network. And so mm. if let's say someone comes in and says, hey, we should raise the fees we charge talent to 25%. What do you think of that? Well, if enough talent own the tokens, then they'll vote no way. And so that's the reason to, to, to get and keep the token is to have control over our network. So when you launch the leaderboard, what will be the unit of measure after each numerical digit? Is it a percent? Is it a vote? Is it a dollar figure? What is it? It'll it'll be our token symbol, B Trust. It'll be I own 1500 B Trust because, you know, I did X number of things to help the network and now I'm holding that many tokens. But right now, before you launch the token, the credit leaderboard, what does the credit say? Is it like 0.3% of the total voting pie that I own because the credits I've earned or? It, it, no, it'll just be a flat number of, of tokens. I mean, you could and, do okay. the math. You could take that. You, you, you could do the percentage like into you're saying, 250. Just divided by 250 million. I right see. Now. Okay. Sorry. We're way over. Let's wrap up here. Famous five. Number one, favorite business book. <laughs> Uh, this one, I would have to say, um, venture deals by Brad Feld, be smarter than your lawyer and your venture capitalist. I read this damn book after every round I've ever raised. I should have read it before every round I've ever raised. I've raised like 12 rounds of venture now for my life. Brad's the best. All right. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I love, you know, who I love right now is Jack Dorsey. And the reason is, um, he's one of the only billionaires who understands and admits that blockchain technology will undermine the two businesses he currently runs. He's even running a bounty right now for someone to create a user-controlled version of Twitter. That he, I mean, runs that's his on bio. That's his bio. He's trying to do it. The problem is he has shareholders. So how does he underscore the shareholder responsibility he has, but also try and replace himself? He doesn't give a shit, right? He believes truth over over serving shareholders that's why i'm look i'm not a socialist right i love money i love capitalism but i really respect dorsey intellectually on that should you sell all your twitter stock right now if if you're listening i've never owned a share of twitter stock if you're listening to this and someone owns twitter stock should you sell it right now i think you should sell all your stocks right now (laughs) fair enough the biggest bubble of our lifetimes don't own any stocks (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the, the problem is, is like when you have the federal government printing money, and if it is going to keep going into ETFs, which has never happened before, if they, I don't know why they want to become the next Japan. But if that's the path to creating wealth, then you have to be in the equity game to capture that wealth generation. That, that's part of the problem here. Anyways, whole another conversation. Number three, uh, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? You know, um, I really dislike all of the online tools. So I'm just going to cop out and say Google Docs. It's the Fair easiest enough. damn thing to use. The other things, I feel like I'm enslaved by them. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, five to six. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, married, uh, uh, twin, four-year-olds. Oh, wow. How, what a fun time. That's cool. Uh, and how old are yeah. you? Yeah. it's uh, oh, Sorry, say again? How old are you? How, how, how are I? How old am I? Old, old. Oh, I'm, I just turned 40. 40. Okay, last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Um... Man, what's something I wish I knew was 20. Uh, be more patient. Let the game come to you. Guys, I'm going to try and sum this up in a sentence. I don't know how I'm going to do it. B-Trust, Brain Trust is trying to essentially build 
a highly curated version of Fiverr where there is no CEO of Fiverr. The network, the the talent and the people hiring the talent own tokens on the network. Uh, I'm getting the thumbs up. So this is working. They've processed right now about $2 million of GSV through the platform, $750,000 so far this year, hopefully $2 million by the end of the year. Once he proves that sort of volume through the platform in terms of employers hiring talent, he feels like he can do this sort of go live with a token next year where it'll have real market value. And the $6 million they've raised in traditional kind of currency like we think about it on a saft right which will convert all that money to tokens that's when that conversion will happen we'll see what happens you got to believe in the network you got to believe in adam's vision adam we're rooting for you thanks for taking us to the top thanks for having me brother appreciate it